Hey, you're listening to Be Your Best with Phil Haugen, where we explain the methods that help bridge the language barrier between horse and rider. Our goal with each episode is to provide you with the training philosophies that will help you to be your best every day. Hey everybody, this is Phil Haugen. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Be Your Best Horsemanship. It is a beautiful sunny morning in Weatherford, Oklahoma as I watch the sun come up in my office here. I've got a window facing to the east so I get to see the, I get a real good view of the sunrise and uh, we're in the middle of December. We have had just unbelievable weather. Um, Wade and I were roping last night and we were talking about it and he said, yeah, this is like winter weather in Arizona and it really has been and it's, and I know everywhere I've got a lot of family and friends and customers up in the Dakotas and I know I've heard from several of them that they're uh, having just as pretty a weather as we are and uh, it's it's just been boy it's been nice it has been nice we've been getting a ton of horses worked and we've been getting to rope every day and so it's been uh it's been really good really really good great way to end the year great way to end a you know kind of a kind of a little bit of a bright light at the end of a year that's been a little challenging um more for some than others you know i really can't i mean it's it's been a we've been super blessed all year we've had a lot of work and uh you know had a lot of good clinics and you know so i i've been it's been a very fortunate and feel very blessed to have had the year we've had and we uh are really really looking forward to 2021 it's going to be a great year got a lot of great events planned and uh just can't wait for it to get here um this week course I always talk about something that's current or something we're working on this week and to start with today I'm going to talk about uh, I had a coaching call with a trainer that uh, that is in Arizona this week and they're working with a horse that they've got to have some challenges with it's a nine-year-old horse and I think I think she'd actually either raised the horse or got the horse when it was young and a year and a half ago she said that horse bucked her off and she's just having trouble getting her confidence back and getting the horse's confidence back. And when she goes to run the horse, and this is a barrel horse, uh, when she goes to run that horse, um, then the the wheels kind of start falling off the wagon again, and and the horse becomes very flighty, reactive. I think she called him arrogant, meaning he probably is a little bit of a bully probably gotten his way a little bit and and you know if a horse becomes frustrated enough they'll all fight back um frustration anxiety insecurity you know i know we talk about that a lot you know the value of confidence but but it's it's just it's not something you can't you you can't not talk about it when it comes to training horses so you know, in this situation, we had a really good talk, and and you know, the one thing, you know, one of the many things we talked about was understanding 
that just like with this horse here, even though he's a horse that, you know, she is running in competition, you know, at a high level, to build confidence, you got to slow down and back up. You know, and go back to those simple fundamental exercises. The thing, here's the trap that we get into, and I see this a lot um, in both my public and private clinics. Um, I see where we'll do some of the fundamental exercises, you know, at a slower speed, a walk, a trot, a lope, you know, at slower speeds, and we'll get along decent. And we think, well, that's good enough. Well, you know, it's fundamentals is is uh, boring, right? I mean, some of some of those exercises get boring, and we get to where we don't want to do them, um, just because we feel like we're not getting anywhere. But and and that's our perspective. But from the horse's pers perspective. You can't do those fundamental exercises and the basics too much. Um, I know sometimes at my clinics, we'll be working on, say, a simple exercise, lateral flexion, or maybe one rein stops, and I'll have somebody in the clinic, and then their horse is starting to do it, starting to find the response as they're starting to ask for it, and, and it's almost like sometimes the trainer slash rider gets frustrated because the horse is doing it before they actually ask with the physical pressure of the bridle rein and you know it's that's exactly what we want to happen you know what what fundamentals helps you do is create great feel timing balance and create good muscle memory because those are the signals before the signal. When you ask a horse for a response, it really to me, the signal that we send with our bodies before we ask with our bridle rein or our leg, that's the one that's really important. And that comes through muscle memory, you know, and you create that muscle memory through great developing great feel, timing, and balance, okay? Because you think about it, um, you know, I talked about this before, you know, I when I'm working a colt, well, and it doesn't even need to be a colt, any horse, I, I, I work them like, um, and I don't do this, I have to remind myself to do this, I don't automatically do it, but I, I try to, I try to picture them as they're blind. And so the only help they've got is from me. Okay. I don't, I don't depend on them to do anything. I mean, they're, I let them, I put myself in a situation where I tell myself that horse is totally dependent on me guiding them. And they have to understand my feel, my timing, my balance, you know, my muscle memory. We've raised you know, we've bred these horses to be um, very fast, very strong, very quick, very athletic. I just, I just rarely ride a horse anymore that, that doesn't have the potential to be great at something, you know? And so I, I think, 
you know, that's something we got to continually remind ourselves. And in this situation with this particular trainer, I think she already knew the answer, but she just needed a little reinforcement and she's on the right track. She's already slowed down, backed up. Um, you know, one question she did ask me, and, and this is strictly my opinion, um, but one question she asked me, she said, well, can I still go run this horse? And I said, yeah, you can, but my suggestion would be this. I would work on building confidence, reinforcing fundamentals to the point of redundancy during the week. And then I would go try to steal a run on them in the weekends. And then I'd come home and I'd do it again. And I'd keep doing that because here's the thing, you know, remember those two things that we've, you know, in my opinion, that you have to be able to control in your horse. And I don't care what, what speed event it is. Um, the performance events are mostly speed oriented. I mean, not all of them but most of them. So in the speed events, you know, we've got to, we've got to be able to control speed and we got to be able to control direction. Um, if I can, if I have great control of my horse's speed and his direction, I don't care what maneuver you go ask me to do. I'm probably going to be able to do it pretty decent even without much practice, you know, so just like, uh, we were talking about one rain stops and she said, you know, I don't know that my horse understands one rain stops cause he just keeps walking in a circle and he doesn't stop moving his feet. A very common, very common, um, challenge. You know, it's not that the horse is trying to be a turd, they're just trying to find the answer and you just have to be patient. You got to sit and you got to wait till they find the response through a process of elimination. And when their feet stop moving and they get off that bridle, you release instantly. And, and that's what turn lets the light bulb come on and that horse understand, Oh, that's what they wanted. And, and then, after that, you know, five or 10 times is not enough. I mean, there, there's nothing wrong. Um, there's no shame in doing something continually over and over and over and over again until it's just, you've almost created a robot. Because think about this, you know, the, the best basketball players in the world, the best shooters, um, will shoot three to 500 jump shots a day. Why, why do they do that? They've obviously, they're getting paid millions of dollars. They've obviously proven that they can shoot the ball, right? Well, what does the repetition of three to 500 jump shots do for you? Okay, so when you're doing, when you're taking those three to 500 jump shots, you're aware of how you're placing your feet. You're aware of your body position. You're aware of your hand position. You're aware of the release. You're aware of the follow through, right? Well, the repetition of that creates muscle memory so that when you're in a game, you catch and shoot and your body does it. Well, it's the same thing with horses. 
if you don't have those continual repetitions of creating that great feel timing and balance in that body position through muscle memory, how's that horse supposed to know what's coming? You know, ideally, like I'm, I'm riding a little, uh, I've got a two-year-old I started late. I started him in probably September. Um, he's out of, uh, out of Hannah's mare, um, Annie, and by Streaking Boondocks. And really, really nice colt. And so I've, I've made it, uh, uh, I've made a commitment to get him started and stay on him. And, you know, that horse already just through repetitions, when I reach my hand down that rein, he's, he's dragging it. He's getting, now he's confirmation wise, he's built to stop. He's going to be a big stopper. There's, there's no way around it. He couldn't be a bad stopper if he wanted to be. That mare can really stop, and Streaking Boondocks is a world champion heel horse. Um, JD Yates showed him, I believe, in the AQHA. He's just, he's a 1D barrel horse. He's just an outstanding individual. But I just needed to help him understand what I'm asking and then let him use his physical abilities to finish the deal. But at the same time, um, just like yesterday, I was working him and, and, uh, He's starting to, he's starting to feel his oats a little bit. He's in really good shape. You know, he was starting to get a little bit, a little bit pushy, a little bit chargy. And, you know, I had to go back into some really simple, you know, just reinforcing those one rein stops. And pretty soon he was melted back behind that bridle again. And you know what? I think back to Earlier this week when I was working him, I didn't do as many one rein stops because he was working so good. And so this is a situation where I got to uh, kind of practice what I preach because I had fallen into the same trap as everybody else does to where he was doing it so good. I kind of went it, let it go by the wayside and I was working on some other things, which I would have went back to it. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I don't get away from it for long because I've proven to myself over the years how important those fundamentals and basics are. I may not be good at anything else, but I can work on fundamentals. I, I work on basics. You know, and, and so getting back to this uh, coaching call with this trainer, you know, it, it was really it was really interesting and you know, it's, uh, I think it was good for her to hear that, uh, you know, I deal with horses that are more challenging than others, just like she is. And she'll, she'll slow things down, go back to building that confidence. Um, you know, one thing we talked about, and this is something I truly believe, and I talk about it at my clinics all the time, you know, what it takes to help a horse reach their potential and potentially become a great horse what what it takes to do that is really easy to do it's really easy to do but on the same hand it's really easy not to do meaning when i say it's easy not to do it's easy to get away from fundamentals um it's easy to get away from 
you know, what got you to where you're at um, as you climb the ladder of success. You, you just, with a horse, and this applies in everything. Um, you know, I don't care if you, I've got a good friend that is a, that uh, is a master leatherman and a saddle maker and you don't you don't change the way when you're successful with with doing leather work building saddles and you you have a successful system you don't vary from that the more you stay with that the better the quality and consistency becomes and it's the same way with horses. Keep it simple. You know, one thing she was telling me, she's in our uh, Foundation to Finish online course. And she said, you know, I think one of the mistakes I've been making is that I would go through all of the level one and two exercises um, in one training session. You know, that's 21 or two exercises. Well, nothing wrong with that, but if you're trying to build confidence in your horse, just think about this. If you were a, a player in some sport and the coach told you, do this, 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 and it was just like a machine gun telling you to do this, do this, pretty soon after practice is over, you go, what the hell just happened? Well, I think a lot of times a horse's thought process is the same. I think horses that struggle with confidence and struggle with being able to relax um, and horses that struggle with confidence and being able to relax are not going to be using the thinking side of their brain all the time. So, you know, unless they're using the thinking side of their brain, in my opinion, they're not even trainable. You can control them somewhat, but I don't know that you're teaching teaching them anything so you know when you when you think about that um, you know my suggestion was pick three or four of them exercises or two or three of them exercises and get great at them get great at them to where when you just start to reach your hand down that rein that horse is finding that response and you can release instantly well, pretty soon, every time you get to release, you build confidence. That horse is going to get more and more confident. That horse is going to listen closer and closer and closer. See, the softer your horse gets, what that means is, is that that horse is really listening and really looking for that feel and that signal. And when they're doing that, you know they're using the thinking side of their brain and and you're getting some training done then so you know those it kind of makes sense that if you go back and you do like i said two or three exercises or three or four that you can be really consistent and persistent and you continue to do them over and over and over and over to where that horse understands without a doubt what you're about to ask and you get to provide that release instantly, that builds confidence. Now, it might be a little bit boring for you or me, and sometimes that does aggravate me. 
Sometimes I'm like, golly, this is getting boring. Well, I have to tell myself sometimes when it's getting boring for me that I'm still progressing my horse in my training. And you know what? It's not about me. It's not about me. It's not about how I am at the end of that training session that day. It's about how is my horse, right? You know, that that's why not everybody makes it as a trainer. Because if it's all about you, or if it's all about me and how what I want and how I feel, well, think about that in any other relationship you have. How's that going? Any relationship, you know? I mean, I guarantee you with my wife, my kids, my employees, um, if it's just all about me, there ain't nobody going to want to be around me. There ain't nobody going to want to go to work for me. You know, so when, you know, I, I have to remind myself about that with training horses that understand that the progression of our training that day ha, ha, isn't about what I wanted to do that day or did I get to do what I wanted to do on that horse, you know, because it is, I mean, it's really easy when they get to riding really good to just want to go do the fun stuff. And, and I totally get it. I totally get it. I've lived it. But at the same time, um, even a horse like this horse here was nine. Um, that horse, that horse is telling this particular trainer, Hey, you, you need to back up and you need to put this puzzle back together because the way we're going, we're just losing pieces of the puzzle every, every day. We're, we're not, uh, we're not gaining, we're not gaining ground and we're not progressing in our training. And, you know, that's the other thing too, that we talked a lot about is just, you know, here again, it, it, it's every phase of our life, but it's, uh, it's way better to be a good listener and it's way better to slow down, listen to, listen to what they're telling us because just like this morning, each horse I step on, each horse I step on, they're going to tell me right off the bat, right off the bat, if they're using the thinking side of their brain or if they're being a tick reactive from the time I step into the stall to put the halter on their head. And, you know, that's, um, it doesn't matter if you have time or not to do certain things, you need to make time. You need to make time to put yourself in a position to where that horse is using the thinking side of their brain so that when you go through the training process today, when you go through your program, you are making that progress forward because you can get on a horse that's reactive. And just like in this case, um, I can just about picture some of the rides on this horse recently where he's kind of where he's being He's right on the the top rail of the fence, ready to tip off one side or the other. But for the whole ride, he might be right on the edge of being, you know, 100% reactive. But you kind of get through the ride. And so we feel like if we put the time in, if we put some time in, then then we're, we're doing something. And, and you are. I mean, you are doing something. But 
if we don't take the time to get that horse using the thinking side of its brain right off the bat, you can be working really hard and not progressing much, if any, you know, and so that's something you always got to think about. Now, the good news is once you realize it, it's a super easy fix. It is a super easy fix. Just like with this particular horse where she's having trouble controlling speed and direction, which are those are the two things you have to be able to control, in my opinion. I mean, I'm not, if I can't control speed and direction, we're not doing anything very fast because I don't like going 25 miles an hour and being in a tug of war with, with an 11, 1200 pound animal. I mean, that just doesn't seem very smart to me, but not saying I haven't ever done it. I have, but I didn't like it. So if, uh, you know, if I can't control speed and direction, we're going to do, you know, we're going to do lateral flexion. We're going to do one range stops. We're going to, you know, we're going to do lateral bending exercises. I mean, I'm going to get that horse looking for that feel, looking for, you know, looking for that feel that I'm sending them and then also working on my muscle memory to help me create that to where when we do go back to putting speed with it, that muscle memory is there and that feel is there to help that horse basically like a prerequisite to the to the signal that we're going to give them. You know, it's it's the signal before the signal, like I said earlier, that I think is really, really important. And, you know, I think most, I think most trainers would, would agree with that. So, you know, it was a really, really interesting conversation. And I love talking to, I love talking to other trainers and, and, you know, this particular trainer, I think she's 34. And, you know, like I told her, the only, the only thing I have over her is I've been around a couple decades longer doing this and, uh, you know, in some situations, there's just no substitute for experience. And in most of those cases, or for me particular, the experiences, you know, the real challenges and the tough experiences is what I, I learn more from. You know, I tell people all the time, I mean, you don't, you don't need me or anybody else to get to where you're going. Anybody can do it. Now, can, can we shorten the amount of time of your journey to get there? You know, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And if you, and if you get a chance, if you get a chance to get with somebody that can help you shorten that journey, by all means, do it. Gosh, it'll be the absolute cheapest money you ever spend um, whatever it is, doesn't have to do with what, whatever you need a mentor in, whether it's business, you know, horse training, uh, whatever event you, you compete in, you know, don't, don't be afraid to invest in yourself and get that help. Cause it will help you. So progress your, you know, it'll help you through your progress so much quicker. I mean, you'll get to where you want to go so much faster. So anyway, that's, uh, that's what I wanted to talk about today. I just want to thank everybody for listening. 
appreciate all your feedback. You know, I'll have another episode or two before the end of the year. Um, Just appreciate you listening. Um, Hope you have a great, great holiday season. Enjoy the people around you. Enjoy those you love. Appreciate what we've got instead of focusing on what we don't got. And, uh, you know, have a great, have a great month of training. God bless you. And as always, be your best. Hey, everybody. Today's episode of Be Your Best Horsemanship is brought to you by our awesome sponsors, Classic Equine, Martin Saddlery, Cinch, Perina, Healthy Coat, Starbar, Clarify, and Better Horses TV. These brands have been a part of our program for many years and their products continue to play a very important role in the success of our performance horse training program. To support these brands, please head over to philhaugenhorsemanship.com and click on our sponsors tab.